Hello and welcome to the New to Canada podcast, the show to ease your expat overwhelm and be inspired by other newcomers' stories. I am your host, Kate Johnson, and I made the big move from England to Canada in 2017 after falling in love with a Canadian. Join me as I chat with fellow expats and share their unique challenges, triumphs and revelations as they build their new lives here. It's great to have you. Today, our guest is Surya Dulipala, an environmental scientist originally from Mumbai, India, who has lived, studied and worked in both Canada and the USA. It was so interesting to hear his take on the differences living as an immigrant in both of these countries and how after just three months, he already feels the impact of how inclusive and welcoming Canada is. Sometimes Justin Trudeau comes out and says something about uh, some holiday that I don't know exists in India. Oh, really? (laughs) It's a regional, like a state holiday. And then I look it up and then I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool because I'm sure there are Indians here in Toronto or in Canada, entire Canada from that state or from that region. And they would feel very welcome that they are being acknowledged. And it takes only 30 seconds of his time. In this episode, we chat about his experiences living in Pittsburgh, Austin, San Francisco, and now Toronto. And then I, of course, pick his PhD brain on all things climate change. Let's start the show. Good morning, Surya. Thank you so, so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me over. Yeah, fantastic. I'm really excited to talk to a real life environmental scientist. (laughs) Your biography and credentials are so impressive. So I'll have to grill you a little on climate change at the end of this interview. For sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk about it uh, if we have time at the end. But first, let's dive right into it. So tell me a little bit about where you're from. So you were born in Mumbai, India. Tell me all about Mumbai. You know, what was it like growing up there? So Mumbai is a very nice city to live in. I was born there. And then uh, you're If you ever get the chance to go there, you will see that the food is amazing. The people are amazing. I equate it to something like New York City, where people don't sleep. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's just 24-7 hustling, people hustling and doing their work. And uh, also a very communal atmosphere. Everyone's out there to uh, help you. Mm. So that's what I like about Mumbai. I think the general stereotype of the cities in India is that they're really, really busy, right? Yes. Overpopulated, lots of traffic. Is that the case? Absolutely. Yeah, all those stereotypes <laughs> are true. But I think it's in a good way that they are true that people are uh, very hospitable and you will find yourself very happy living there. Oh, fantastic. A real community feel. Um, So what do you miss most about Mumbai? You mentioned the food. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I've been outside of India for eight years now and I still haven't found a restaurant or the outside food that can come close to replicating what you would find in (laughs) India. The flavors. The flavor. Yeah, it's very tough to find. Yeah. What's your favorite Indian dish? Uh, my favorite Indian food is street food. Mm. Uh, so if you uh, there's some uh, dishes like pav bhaji, which is buns with uh, with a potato curry on the side. And they usually serve that on uh, like a street vendor sort of thing. Oh, yum. And those are those kind of things are hard to find here, uh, like tasty ones. Yeah, for sure. They love their butter chicken, don't they? Is that a real dish in India or...? <laughs> I don't think anyone has that in India every day, 
you know no it's, uh, my fiance is obsessed with butter chicken i i actually had never heard of it before moving to canada either um you know we love our curry in the uk have you gone to the uk before i have never been to the uk but okay. i've heard that indian food is also popular there <laughs> Yeah, it is. There's a huge Indian population in the UK, so I think it's it's like a, a one and a half million people. But yeah, I'm used to seeing a lot of Indian restaurants and tasting that food. Um, I'm sure it's still nothing like what it's actually supposed to be, but <laughs> I definitely think it's more flavorful and accurate back there than than here. But um, yeah, have you gone? Uh, have you told your family and friends back home what the Indian food is like here? <laughs> I have. Yeah. So uh, they are not very. Yeah, they're disappointed that it's not as good uh, but you know what can you do mm. so it just meant that i had to cook myself so uh, my cooking skills have improved since moving out of the country oh great you can find all the ingredients okay yeah so that's the good part about us and canada both that a lot of indian grocery stores oh fantastic yeah what i love about indian food is that because i'm vegetarian there's so many vegetarian options you know i love sagaloo and all the spinach and the potatoes and oh so good it's not too early for curry is it i think it is but no it's not <laughs> <laughs> so i've actually i've never been to india and i would love to go um i did spend a lot of time in little india in georgetown in malaysia and I think it must have been pretty close to what the market streets in Mumbai and Delhi are like. I absolutely loved it. You know, the the smells of the spices and the music blaring from the stores and the colourful clothing and jewellery you can buy and, you know, the incredible street food vendors that you were mentioning. I had the best samosas there that I still dream of to this day. Um, yeah, it's just what, how I can describe it is that it's like an attack on the senses, but in the best possible way. So, so yeah, I think I need to, to visit India ASAP. Absolutely. You will love, uh, you will love India. Uh-huh. There's so much to do there. There's so much to do. Yeah. What's your favorite? What did you used to do as a, in a typical weekend? So I, uh, I lived in five, no, maybe more than that, seven different cities in India because my parents uh, kept moving around every three years. And so I've lived in the northeast of India, uh, in a city called Guwahati. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, very close to a rainforest. Oh, wow. And then and then I've lived in Mumbai, which is the southwest of India. Then I've also lived in New Delhi and Chandigarh, which is in Punjab. Maybe you've heard, you've uh, seen some Bhangra or some uh, butter chicken is from that uh, state oh okay uh, so i've been all over so i think that's probably been my experience that i've embraced all of these different parts of india and really enjoyed uh, spending time with all the different people yeah that's really rare as well i feel like not that many people can say that they've explored their native country you know i i've traveled all these amazing countries and then you know people say to me oh you have all these amazing places in england you must have gone all the way around it's like i don't know i've only stayed in my one town that i grew up in and i haven't explored it so that's amazing that you you've actually taken the time to like get to know your country and and travel all those places that's fantastic where where's the the best place do you think or is it all they all have different special things about themselves that's a very difficult uh, question yeah i think <laughs> it's uh, depends on what you like if you like the city life then yes mumbai is the best because they have very good public transport you have the city never sleeps you can keep on going uh, you can do a lot of things mm. but if you like nature then i think you would like the suburbs more and you can go to these really far off places where no one's going to bother you, you know, you can just relax among nature. Oh, true adventure. So what would be your piece of advice that you would give to somebody? So say I'm looking to go and explore India, what would you tell me? What's the first piece of advice you would share? 
Oh, it's, uh, you know, every single person I've met wants to go to Taj Mahal. Oh, yeah. It's so busy there, right? Is that true? It's You don't even see it because there's so many people. <laughs> Taj Mahal is, I think, uh, once you go there, it's a little underwhelming. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's sort of lost its charm and everything. And it's a very tourist attraction. You know, I would rather suggest you go to uh, southern part of India or northeast part of India or mm -hmm. some other places where you can ex uh, you can explore some nature. Like India has a lot of natural beauty, which people don't know about. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, I think the stereotype is that it's just people and streets and, you know, busyness. But yeah, there's those places you can go where you can escape all that and um, and see the nature. That's that's so interesting. Yeah, I was very close to a, a national park where you have this one horned rhinoceros. You don't you cannot find them anywhere else in the world. And that's a endangered species. So that's just an example. And you also have uh, the Royal Bengal Tiger. Oh, yeah. So that's also native to India. Amazing. So you have these amazing wildlife species that, you know, uh, people don't know about and you can go and explore in these sanctuaries. Yeah, there's something special about seeing an endangered species. This is the environmental part of me coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. This is exciting. This is good stuff. I have always, I think my love of India comes from my obsession with the movie Bend It Like Beckham. Did you ever see that movie? Yes, I've seen it, Keira Knightley. Yes. So I watched that probably at least once a week when I was growing up. And the, I just remember that Indian wedding. And I was thinking, oh, I want to go to an Indian wedding so bad. It's just the energy and the colors and the food and the dancing and amazing. So everything is, it, it's all true. Everything's like that with your family and celebrations. It's true. Yeah. And it's goes on for the entire week like seven days wow. the celebration it's not like one day and you uh, i think at a minimum 400 or 500 people probably attend those weddings and that's a conservative number probably it's more than that whoa this is quite expensive for the couple then or the parents i guess it is it is very expensive uh, it's become like a commercial thing or <laughs> unfortunately but it's all good fun when you are surrounded by friends and family oh, i bet incredible Awesome. So let's backtrack to 2011. So you start thinking about leaving India. So you're you're already in the academic world. So you're studying chemical engineering at an educational institution in India. Then you started looking at the US as the next step. Why was that? Uh, I I think I was wanting to do my master's degree. That was the next step after my bachelor's. And I looked at Europe. I did look at UK. And uh, then I looked at the US. I think those two countries have very good uh, graduate education mm -hmm. but my reason the reason for me choosing us was purely because i had family there oh great handy and i had my my mom's sister and brothers my aunt and uncle both live in the us and that tipped it uh, decisively in us's favor yeah so did you stay with them or was it just oh i'm gonna know someone when i get there was that more in 2011 when i came it was just that security that i know that they are there right yeah it is nice to know that you have someone to run to if you have yeah. any issues or anything so that's great so you headed to texas first or somewhere else i had i went to pittsburgh first Okay. So Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is not that far from uh, Toronto, actually. It's about eight hours. Oh, I know. So close. You always forget, yeah. don't you, how close we really are. Yeah, that's cool. So I was there for my master's degree at uh, Carnegie Mellon University. And that was for one and a half years, uh, just one winter. I ran away from the winter immediately after experiencing a polar vortex uh. to Texas. <laughs> so so where's the warmest part in the US. And I went from an extreme 
winter situation to an extreme summer situation because it it, it gets hot in Texas. Mm. Is that all year round as well? Do they have a winter there really? Or Well, it's around, I think the lowest it would go is around five degrees Celsius. And that's just only one week in January or two weeks at the max. Otherwise, it's it hovers around uh, 35, 40 degrees Celsius in the summer. It's really hot. You can uh, spend a lot of time in the pool. That's all I can say. <laughs> just with your study books, just swimming and, and studying at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So what was your experience like in the US as an international student? So you traveled around, you were in Pittsburgh, Austin, Texas, and then you went to San Francisco too, right? So was it all very similar across those those places or did you have different experiences? So I will say that uh, all of those three cities... Uh, Pittsburgh, Austin, and then San Francisco, they are very uh, sort of like hipster, I, I should say, like that, you know, so you have a lot of vegetarian food. I'm also vegetarian. Oh, yeah. High five. So they have a lot of vegetarian food and they have a lot of uh, Indian community. Then they have uh, all three of those, you know, are university towns, are, you know, a lot of students, all three of those. Okay. Yes. So it was very easy for me to settle in in all of those three cities because you had such a diverse group of uh, students and uh, professionals living in those cities. Mm, Lots of connections to make and support. That's fantastic. You had a lot of music festivals that you took advantage of as well. Absolutely. Yes. Austin is known for its music. They call it the music capital of the world. But that's just, I think, a PR gimmick, but still. (laughs) But they have... uh, they have these two big uh, music festivals called Austin City Limits that's held in October for two weekends. And then another one called South by Southwest, which is more of a film festival. Oh, fun. And as a student, I would get some passes or I would just find uh, some local bands which were, who were very happy to have us in their garage. Oh, yeah. So good. So it would be free and they just provide beer or they provide good food, uh, just show up in their backyard and uh, you have a good time. Oh, amazing. And so you don't have to pay $500 for a ticket. Really great. So yeah, those those movies of these um, universities in America with all the parties and all of the that kind of stuff, it's all pretty accurate. Yeah. I, and I think Austin is... Uh, like like one of those uh, typical cities that they show on i guess in tv and like the frat houses and <laughs> cheerleaders and <laughs> so they have this football stadium which can house 100,000 students and that was 100,000 uh, every single week it would be full wow. which blew my mind because i thought that never happens in india i've never seen that many people in one stadium every single week oh my gosh for the for the school football teams school football team yes 100,000 every weekend. It's like a religion for them. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. They will. Uh, it's like a family event because uh, I would see grandfathers, fathers. It's like the oh. entire family of like 20 people coming in and enjoying the game. That's so great. This episode is brought to you by my free 50 tips from expats in Canada. I had so much fun asking hundreds of newcomers what they wish they knew before they moved to Canada. The resulting guide is packed with valuable tips and fun facts so you can hit the ground running and not make the same mistakes as us. So head to bit.ly forward slash free tips Canada to download it free today. That's bit.ly forward slash free tips Canada. 
Now back to the show. Um, so what led you to the decision to move to Canada then? So you've spent eight years in the States in all of these different cities and you're living it up. And so you finished your PhD in, in the States, in Austin. Texas. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, what was your, what was your decision to move to Canada about? What was that for? Was that for further education or a new adventure or what happened? So, uh, in 2018, uh, after I graduated, I found it quite difficult to uh, get a job because uh, U.S. administration, they were moving away from uh, environmental policies. Okay. And uh, so that was the reason it was difficult for me to even find a job there. And I thought, well... Oh, so the industry you were in, the environmental science industry was was not really at the top of the mind for, for the U.S. administration. Yeah. And that was very different from when I started my PhD. So that was a big change because right. just if I had graduated two years before, like 2016, it may be a completely different story. Oh, that's crazy, isn't it? How an administration can change the landscape so drastically from, from one to the next yeah, uh, yeah. that's, that's so frustrating for you so all of the things you hear are true because uh, my, i know professors who have been blacklisted so that meant even research funding they couldn't get it even though they are the big names in the field in environmental science and then at that time i thought okay well i need to find a backup plan and uh, canada seemed to be very appealing because both from immigration perspective, they're very open to immigrants, welcoming. And then number two, this environmental field, it seems to be their uh, focus in the coming years because the Canadian government, whether it's liberal or conservative, they just they agree on this aspect of climate change. So there's a lot of opportunity here. Mm. And those were the two reasons I decided to move here. Oh, fantastic. And that was only three months ago. So you're already on a podcast. So you work really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Welcome. Three months in. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. So what's your first impressions? You moved here in June. So that was already a good decision because you've come in the summer. <laughs> so it wasn't a shock to the system. Um, what What are you loving so far about Canada? Uh, I was really surprised by the food here the food and the diversity of uh, the population in Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, I moved from San Francisco and San Francisco, for all purposes, that's also a very diverse uh, city, mm -hmm. a lot of international uh, population. But Toronto, it's a different level. I feel like here you come here and you just uh, there's so many different restaurants of different uh, cuisines that are available to you. And everything is within walking distance. The, I think the population diversity is very visible. Mm. In San Francisco, it was not on paper. It's I think 30% population is foreign born in San Francisco, but I would never see it. Here, when they say 30% of population is foreign born, I actually see it in Toronto. It's just very visible. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think it's nearing on half. I think it was 46% last year. I know. Yeah, it's a 46%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. What an amazing thing to, to have in a city. I mean, why not? You can bring all these cultures together. It's so rich in culture and the food, like you said, and you can just meet people from all around the world. And then you have friends that you can stay with around the world. There's all so many benefits to it. Yeah, that's the best part. Like that's the best part that you make friends and uh Hopefully you make a good connection. So after three, four years, wherever you are in life, you can, uh, if you have the opportunity of going to that country, maybe you can contact them and they'll be happy to host you. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Always cash in those connections. <laughs> so what do you think about Canadians themselves? Have they been welcoming to you? I love, I love the Canadians. They are so polite. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have the utmost uh, respect for how welcoming they are to immigrants. And I think it starts from right from the top because uh, I've seen Justin Trudeau and even uh, even the Premier Doug Ford. 
they come on they come on tv and they are acknowledging uh, indian festivals or different festivals from different backgrounds i never saw that in the us and i think that's a very big step for for making immigrants feel welcome because these are regional holidays sometimes justin trudeau comes out and says something about uh, some holiday that i don't know exists in india oh really and then i look it up <laughs> it's a regional like a state holiday and then i look it up and then i'm like oh that's pretty cool because uh, i'm sure there are indians here in toronto or in canada entire canada from that state or from that region and they would feel very welcome that they are being acknowledged and it takes only 30 seconds of his time. Oh exactly, yeah. And you only have to google Canada immigration matters and you'll be able to pull up the government website. You know, they have all these inspiring stories that they've collected from immigrants and all they're achieving and the difference they're making in communities across Canada and the fact that the government is providing a platform for that is so heartwarming and yeah, I'm so proud to be part of a country that that dedicates time to that for sure. And the fact that you've only been here 3 months and you already feel that the impact of that and you know you feel welcome and included uh, by the country and its and its leaders that's that's amazing yes i'm very happy and i am on the path to canadian citizenship now so i'm uh, oh you are you're beating me and you're only been here 3 months you kidding well it's like they count the days so it will take 3 years oh but, i see uh, right 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 so you do you have permanent residency now yes i do yeah and that was the biggest reason for me to move here to canada for that uh, yeah it's peace of mind isn't it just having that piece of plastic exactly yeah it's ridiculous it's just a piece of uh, it's a card but it gives you so much security and peace of mind like you said yeah and uh, it's amazing to be in a country where they are welcoming uh, these immigrants just yesterday i heard that uh, they were saying that even going forward in the next 3 or 4 years they are going to continue to accept immigrants even though other countries are now closing borders because of covid in the immediate next 1 or 2 years because they want to fix their own economy but canada is saying no we will continue to accept immigrants and these things are really amazing to hear mm, exactly and you know the talent you know you're you have a phd and you're obviously so well educated and why would a country not want you here to to advance the environmental battle and study and research and yeah fantastic um i think that's really great too i'm so proud of of canada for that so um For the 3 months you've come you've come kind of in the middle of a pandemic how have you found it arriving into a new country has that been your biggest struggle i assume it's it's made an impact on on your settlement and feeling more at home and meeting new people especially so how have you found that uh, yes i do acknowledge that uh, this is not what i expected you know when i of when you think about moving to a new country you don't want to be confined to your room no, <laughs> but definitely uh, that i am never going to forget that the first 14 days of me in canada the first 14 days that i ever stepped foot inside canada i was confined to my room <laughs> yeah really seeing the sights <laughs> so just like looking out the window and admiring the skyline uh, so i'll never forget that Aww. and then slowly in august when toronto moved to stage 3 uh, and the st- uh, shops started reopening uh, i think there i started having more confidence in going out using the subway meeting people but it is a challenge because uh, people are reluctant to go out and meet new people so making new friends is difficult they tend to stick to their own family or to very close friends it's understandable right now because of the covid situation so uh, i hope that it gets better and then i think this will automatically also 
encourage people to start going coming out yeah networking is just such a huge part of of settling into a new country i could, i can't imagine so um have you have you got shared accommodation do you have roommates or how how have you met people in this in this time i have uh, two roommates uh, it's a three bedroom apartment that i'm in and then i also have uh, two friends from my undergrad oh, okay oh that's good so you, you can meet people through school we mentioned about how you have noticed that Canada's embraced multiculturalism as an identity and you feel included in society. What differences have you noticed between life as an immigrant in the US and Canada? Would it be that is the main difference you've noticed? Is there anything else that you that you notice between the two? Uh, what I miss about the US is for me personally, it's the family mm-hmm. because I had my aunt and uncle and I had this uh, sense of security. Uh, here in Canada, I do not have that. Mm. Uh, that's the only thing I think I miss about the US. But I'm looking forward to a long future in Canada because I really have en- enjoyed my time in the last three months. And I really uh, feel included in the society here. I think that's a really big, uh, really big achievement for the Canadian government to make a newcomer feel like that. Mm. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest difference you perceive. That's that's fantastic. So what would you say to someone who is choosing to live in either the US or Canada? You know, how would you go about choosing between the two countries? Uh, I think that if you want to... uh, pursue this American dream. That's what they call it. Like uh, you have this dream of making it big, having a startup company, having uh, becoming a millionaire, then uh, the US is the better choice. Mm. But if you have a family and you are looking for security in that sense, a social uh, security net, I think Canada is way better in that sense. You will have you have universal medical care. You have uh, you have really good social programs. So I think it, it depends on individual. What do you want? What do you want to pursue? Uh-huh. No, I totally agree. For for long term family life, Canada's incredible. You know the nature and and the support that families get. Um, I to- I completely agree. And then as far as startup companies too, Canada is is really improving in that too. Um, yeah, I think people are really understanding in Canada that the that immigrants that are coming here, they have all these incredible talents and ideas and they want to start companies. So um, it's only going to grow and maybe there'll be a Canadian dream. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. <laughs> What do you think is the best thing about being an immigrant? You know, you've lived abroad now for several years. What is your favorite thing about living abroad? My favorite thing compared to India, living in India and then coming abroad is really meeting these uh, different people with different uh, mindsets. Mm. In India, my friend circle was mostly Indians, right? There are not many uh, foreigners in India. Now that's changing because India is also growing and you have a lot of economic opportunities. So some companies are now relocating their employees in India. But for the most part, I had not met anyone from Europe. I had not met anyone from the U.S., while I was studying in India. And then to come here to the US and to Canada and be in a situation where you have, I have friends in Germany, I have friends in uh, UK, I have friends in Ireland, and then also all over US, Brazil, mm. South, uh, even in Africa. That's just incredible. That's my favorite part about being an immigrant. I mean, Toronto, you were saying 46% is foreign born population. That's insane. So cool. That just means that you have this amazing opportunity to meet people from different backgrounds. And that really is very important for, uh, I think, personal development that you meet so many people with different uh, mindset. And also for uh, professionally speaking, I think it's brilliant because uh, 
most ideas are born when you have different groups of people from different backgrounds uh, working together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, international experience on your resume is just going to help you so much um, to, you know, you've broadened your horizons and your mindset, like you said. And yeah, it's only ever going to help you uh, career wise. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, so yeah, talking about career, let's really quickly talk about climate change, because I can't have an environmental scientist on the show without addressing it. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, so yeah, can you share your thoughts on the current crisis, you know, impart some wisdom? What, what are the biggest things that we can start to do today to, to help? So I've, uh, I think it's becoming very apparent that climate change is affecting people every in their everyday life. Mm -hmm. Just last week, I read that the smoke from the wildfires in uh, California and in the uh, western part of the US has come all the way to Ontario. Wow. In Canada, right? That's just crazy. So that means there are no borders anymore. Exactly. Because you cannot stop you, uh, anything happening in a different part of the world is now affecting people in a different country. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's becoming very apparent that something has to be done immediately. It's no longer a question of 30 years in future, 40 years, 50 years. And uh, that's the biggest change in mindset I have seen from the Canadian government, mm. that they've accepted that, okay, this we have to solve this right now. Don't wait for 10 years. Don't wait for 20 years. And that's a great thing. And that's the tough part too, isn't it? Because we have to it's a global problem, obviously. So it's, it's so, it must be so challenging to unite everyone's opinion and everyone's strategy to work together on it. It must be such a crazy challenge to, to bring everyone together and, and, you know, agree on a course of action, all these different countries, but it affects everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, but they do have the UN, uh, United Nations for that, right? And uh, unfortunately, US decided to leave the Paris Agreement. But Canada is still part of it. So those international uh, coordinated efforts are very important for the future. But really in local, if you just talk about locally, about Canada, I think Canada is doing great right now with their policies, what they are laying out for the next 10, 20 years. So we are on the right track to uh, fight climate change. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, can feel really overwhelmed by it all and also powerless you know what can I really do it's these UN leaders and decision makers that can really make the difference you know it's just little old me in this tiny town in Ontario like okay great I'm composting my food whoop-de-doo you know what else can you do to make a difference but I feel like if everybody actually does do those small differences then they can make such a big a big change so what would you say is the main things that we can do as how in a household you know as just homeowners and, and people in their day-to-day -day lives what can we do so uh two of the biggest contributors i think like the percentage wise if you see for the emissions are transportation mm -hmm. and then the residential uh, the heat and electricity so for transportation the more that people start using electric uh, cars instead of the uh, gas powered cars i think that will be a big uh, change but that's so expensive right not many people can go out and afford an electric car or Tesla. So I would suggest that at least during the summer, if you can uh, use bikes yeah. or just walk or use public transport, that significantly reduces your own contribution to the uh, how much CO2 are you responsible for putting out in the atmosphere. Yeah. And I think that's a huge positive, if there can be a positive in this, this whole COVID-19 pandemic, because everyone's moved, not everyone, but a lot of people have moved 
remote to remote work and they're working from home and you would drive down these major highways in in Ontario towards Toronto and there would be no cars and I was just thinking yes this is amazing this <laughs> must be incredible like the world can breathe again I kept seeing that online you know the world is breathing again yeah I just hope that a lot of companies now realize that they can work from home and have remote staff and then that maybe can be a small change not every company but some companies can move to to remote work that would be fantastic yeah so that was the one part the transportation and then the second one i think residential uh, ontario is doing very well because i think the mix of where you get your power from is mostly renewable okay but uh, the british columbia and the western parts of canada i think still rely on natural gas a lot for electricity and other uh, uses so there is room for improvement there for Canada mm. but that is not in hands of people like me and you <laughs> no exactly as a consumer uh, the few things you can do is uh, bike to work then you take public transport uh, you can maybe try to reduce the uh, try to buy locally locally sustainable uh, sustainably sourced food like your farmers markets mm. go to the farmers market and do that so you are also supporting the local businesses instead of someone like amazon because right. amazon is even though it's very convenient but just the fact that they have those factories and they are uh, shipping all of this stuff all over the world they are responsible for a big portion of this uh, problem wow yeah you would never think that's the problem too isn't it it comes down to convenience and i i've fallen for that too where i'm thinking oh god am i really going to get the bus because i could just drive and be there in half the time um so yeah it's kind of it might be asking a lot to to sacrifice that convenience every day so even just do it like two days a week and then three days a week so it's just just trying to do your part yeah that's the challenge to just accept the inconvenience for the for the greater good that is you hit the nail on the head the inconvenience part i think us uh, and canada both i think it's problem with the western world that that small amount of inconvenience you are not ready to sacrifice even 5 minutes of your day whereas in india if you see people travel one and a half hours or two hours by train by bus by cycle to get to work and then they also take it back so it's four hour journey for a lot of people there oh. and they don't complain they cannot afford the cars and uh, so a lot of them will be uh, using public transport out of need Mm. And one thing you'll never hear them uh, do is complain. Yes, that's amazing. Well, thank you so so much Surya for your time today. Um hopefully this pandemic eases ASAP so you can, you know, really immerse yourself properly and all Canada has to offer. And um yeah, good luck with your first winter. Are you prepared? I bought a, a bought five jackets, so I hope that's enough. Oh, five. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wear them all at once. Like layers. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah. So make sure you have waterproof shoes as well. That's like a massive one. Yeah. Lots of preparation. But yeah, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah. The winter, <laughs> uh, like Game of Thrones, they say winter is coming. Winter is coming. Yeah. <laughs> the trees are changing colors and I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll run to Texas like you did. <laughs> or Florida. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening. As always, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And then if you're loving the show so far, recommend us to your friends. Spread word and help us grow this exciting community. Until next week. Bye.